Welcome back to a Swine TV special report, revolutionizing pork production, gene editing, antimicrobial stewardship with Banks Baker of PIC. Welcome, Banks. Hi, Jim. Uh, thank you for having me. We, we got a great article uh, that you guys submitted last week about antibiotic use in pork production. Um, can you elaborate on how consumer expectations for high standards in animal care Antimicrobial stewardship and sustainable pork production practices are influencing food companies and their protein suppliers. Yeah, absolutely, and and I would uh, I would note that it's not just consumers. We're seeing pressure across uh, investors, shareholders, uh, and governments around the world on, on some of these issues. And of course, the consumer is in the driver's seat. But increasingly, the the consumer wants to understand how their how their foods produced, how their meats produced, and uh, in, in this case, pork. Um, and and we believe, and through some of our uh, direct consumer engagements and insights, um, that they increasingly care uh, about animal health and welfare. They care about the the antibiotic use, the need for antibiotic use, and then um, environmental concerns around uh, pork production. So how do you see innovative solutions and new technologies addressing these consumer expectations and contributing to sustainable food production banks? Yeah, Jim, I, the, the pressures are broad and, and they're real. And I think um, in a past life, I was trying to identify solutions and like, how do we address all of these broad pressures that are coming from shareholders, consumers, and governments. And uh, if we're going to achieve all of the things that are being asked of agriculture, especially on animal agriculture, I think the reality is is that we're going to need technology to enable us um, to be able to do that. And um, when you look at the benefits of um, what gene editing is is providing and is going to provide, those are real and they're tangible and, and they support the things that um, we know that consumers and the rest of those shareholders that I, stakeholders I talked about today, um, increasingly care, talk about and make purchasing decisions on. So in the context of gene editing, can you explain its potential impact on animal health and how it aligns with the goals of antibiotic stewardship and pork production? Sure. Yeah, and I think um, gene editing is a really interesting example because we're not able to just mitigate with our PERS-resistant pig. We're actually able to remove disease, and really that creates an incredible value. Um, it's an absolute solution for a devastating problem. And so when we talk about removing a disease, uh, in its basic form, healthier animals have better welfare. They require less need for antibiotic treatment. They're more efficient. And all of that leads to supporting those things that are being asked for the value chain, but then also helping farmers uh, ha have, a, have an improved bottom line. Um, and so when we look at that through the, the antibiotic equation, um, that is really kind of a key indicator. By removing the need for antibiotic treatment, that is essentially showing you that we're having a more efficient animal. They have a higher welfare. They're being produced more efficiently. So considering successful applications of gene editing in human health care, what challenges or considerations arise when applying this technology to animal agriculture, specifically in protecting pigs from diseases like PERS? Yeah, Jim, it's it's an exciting time for gene editing, not just in the animal space, but we're seeing a lot of applications in the human space. And you, you may have seen at the end of last year, beginning of this year, the 
the U the UK United Kingdom and then the FDA approved a gene editing therapy for sickle cell uh, anemia and so really we're starting to see this idea and, and something that that I constantly remind myself and, and others that we get to interact with is that gene editing is it's not a single product um, it's not a single application whether it's on the human or animal side um, and so for ours we're interesting because we're among one of the first commercially um, will be among one of the most commercially viable gene edits in, in animal um, health, but it's, it's not going to be the last. We just happen to be the first. Um, and so when we see these advancements all happening at the same time, um, I think it's helpful to see them on the human side because it shows that there's progress. It shows that there's real solutions on the human space, and then that can then be applied to animal agriculture. Um, I, I do have a stat that I wrote down for you here, and there's currently over 3,600 human health gene therapies that are being developed right now with over 50% of those, nearly 50% of those targeting cancer. And so as consumers continue to see the application and uses of these technologies in the human healthcare side, we believe, I believe that it creates awareness and, and acceptance for the need of gene editing technology um, across you know, all mammalian health. So the article mentions PIC's development of a PERS-resistant pig using gene editing technology. What broader implications and benefits does this hold for the overall health of pig herds and the reduction of antibiotic use, Banks? Yeah, and I, I probably won't even just stop on just the pig health. The, the benefits, and we talked a bit about them here today, they're they're holistic and they're real and, and they're broad. And so, again, healthier animals provide holistic benefits by literally allowing us to produce more with less. And so we're able to improve animal health there, reduce the need for antibiotic treatments, and then allowing producers to have more efficient production systems. And, you know, we believe that this will help us meet all the demands that the supply to the animal protein supply chain is facing and will lead to a more sustainably pork product um, that is going to be produced. So last question today, Banks, with different countries having unique regulatory systems, how is PIC navigating the approval process for the PERS-resistant pig globally, and what challenges or opportunities do you foresee in this regard? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and um, we are working to achieve regulatory approval or determination, depending on the, um, the, the country or the market in the top producing countries around the world. And really we see this as a, a first step for introducing our purge resistant pig. It's a it's a first requirement. Um, however, we, we've said publicly that regulatory approval does not mean commercialization. And so I, I think that's something that we are continuing to try to iterate is that as we all continue to see progress that um, PIC is making on our purge resistant pig, um, we did receive a, a non-determination in Colombia um, we are making strong progress in other non-determining countries like Brazil, and we've uh, we've also submitted to FDA, and we, we hope to have approval in 2024. But as you start seeing those announcements come out, that does not mean um, that we are going to begin commercialization. You know, we've said publicly that regulatory approval does not mean commercialization, and so within our current plans for commercialization in the U.S., we're not we're not planning to commercialize until 2026. And so the reason why we're doing that is we want to make sure that we gain uh, regulatory approval or determination from the global pork producing uh, and importing countries and so that we can proceed responsibly in a way that 
um, will minimize any disruptions or implications to the global pork trade. Great insight. Banks Baker, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me.